WHOV 88.1 FM welcomes you to the pastor's study. The pastor's study in any church is a place where the pastor can go to collect his thoughts, study God's word, and develop ideas and thoughts on what direction the church needs to take. The pastor's study is where research is done on various topics. Missions are brought to the forefront and salvation is formed. The pastor's study on WHOV is a talk show that allows you, the listener, to come inside and to find out more about the ministers in the area and the good works they are doing across the region, the nation, and the world. Hosted by Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church in Newport News, the pastor study is now open to the public. So come on in and find out what plans God has for his shepherds and his people. Listen, Eden is kingdom, and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear ya. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? Let me see you do your hands like this. Come on, let me hear ya, let me hear ya. Put your hands together like this. Come on. When God made man, He made a spirit. It was His plan that we live blessed. The tempter came. We were distracted. The tempter came. And we fell. We were deemed to live a life that's beautiful. A life that's full. A life that's it is my goal to remind you of this principle. You redeem a newborn star. Come on, y'all, and tell them, say. Let's get back to Eden, live on top of the world. Let's get back to Eden, live on top of the world. Say it again, say it. Let's get back to Eden, live on top of the world. Y'all can say it, tell somebody. And welcome to the Pastor Study here on WHOV 88.1. And we thank God that you are here with us. This is the essence of HU 88.1. This is Pastor Kevin Swan in studio uh, from Ivy Baptist Church. And uh, certainly we thank you for taking time out of your schedule to listen to another broadcast. Again, if you're just tuning in, you're not really familiar with our show uh, it's myself, it's uh, Pastor John Young of Empowered Believers Christian Learning Center. It's also Pastor Ray Johnson of Calvary Revival Church Peninsula. We come on, we talk about issues and things that affect our community from a biblical perspective. Uh, we offer call-ins and certainly like to hear from you. And uh, we just like to be a blessing, just kind of share some information that's going to help our community to be better at what we do. Uh, last week, we had on the air Ken Royster with MetLife, and uh, he came on. He's a senior financial planner gave us very good information about uh, how to start preparing, how to how to deal with our money, uh, how to handle it properly. You know, God has called us to be wise stewards of the resources that he has given us. And so one of the things that we're going to do on the show is to be more mindful of uh, the resources, how are we spending our money, how are we taking care of the things that God has given us. But also each week we have or every other week, rather, we have with us Jerry Good, who's our fitness trainer, certified fitness trainer who comes on and talks about how we can take care of our bodies. So the way we work it on our show, uh, the pastors talk about the family. 
Ken Royster is going to talk about the finances, and then Jerry Good is going to talk about our fitness. And you put that all together, and that's really the premise of our show. And so we thank you again for listening uh, to our broadcast. want to congratulate President Harvey and Hampton University. Uh, on this upcoming Sunday will be uh, their annual uh, graduation that takes place every Mother's Day. But the uh, speaker for their graduation this year is none other than President Barack Obama. So we congratulate President Harvey uh, and Hampton University as uh, President Obama. Uh, he will be speaking here. This will be the first graduate or commencement uh, ceremony that he will speak at with regard to an, a historically black college or university. And so certainly Hampton University is making history this upcoming weekend. So congratulations to uh, President Harvey and the Hampton University family. And so, again, uh, we support that and ask you that uh, you would be uh, in prayer for that event to go over very well. Lots of things that have to happen in order to make the president available uh, for the commencement exercise. And so we have with us in studio Jerry Good. And, uh, Jerry, you always come in and you always bring goodies. And uh, first of all, we say good afternoon to you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Pastor Swan. Once again, I thank God for being here on the air um, and this opportunity and being humble at the same time. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. And uh, today, uh, Jerry, in our time, we're, we're going to talk about uh, supplements and, and vitamins. I know we touched on this this topic before, uh, but it seems like even, you know, you're, you're store manager at GNC. And, and there you can walk into GNC or any vitamin store, and it seems like, or any aisle at Walmart or Target, it seems like there for days there are all kinds of vitamins. It, it seems like that this is a very lucrative industry. Uh, the selling of vitamins. Uh, the first question I want to raise is how important, how necessary are, is it that we do take vitamins? If we're eating healthy, do we have to take them? Or even if we're eating healthy, do you encourage us to take supplements regardless of our eating habits? Yes, supplements make a huge difference because it supplements what you're not getting, you know, based on technology and research. We don't have the, um, I mean, when you eat food, you don't have everything you need in those particular products. Also, with the food sources, when you eat food, um, a lot of times you, you don't have the enzymes. A lot of stuff is processed. And also depends on you as an individual. If you're an athlete, that means you need more. For example, if um, I'm a high-powered Ferrari, then that means I need a certain type of gas. If I'm a Yugo, I might need a lower-obtained gas. So it de- supplements depend on each individual. Um, and one of the things about supplements, a lot of people say, well, I can buy a supplement at this store or that store. Well, the quality of supplements deals with the people who produce it. Um, that's just like in any industry. If you have a Mercedes-Benz compared to a company that just started two years ago, the Mercedes-Benz has a record of actually putting quality products out. The same thing with GNC. GNC has been in business for 71 years. Before I even became a manager with GNC, I used to take the supplements because of the quality. And quality makes a difference because of the absorption of the product. If you have a natural multivitamin, that means it absorbs faster in your body. It also, just for example, like vitamin E. Vitamin E is you have synthetic vitamin E and you have natural vitamin E. If you have synthetic vitamin E, which is D-alpha, then that means you're not getting the antioxidant that you need. Also, with um, the vitamin E from natural, it has the D-alpha, which is going to give you the natural vitamin E, which gives you the antioxidants. So it is a big difference. It's a, a big concern because we're not getting all the, um, the nutrients we need because of the processed food and the, the day-to-day life we live as Americans. Okay, so you are establishing the fact that, by and large, the majority of people in America are not eating healthy enough, okay? So that that's the need for the vitamin. 
okay, or the supplement. Now the question is, with so many of them out there, what do you take? What what do you recommend? Like, you know, you, you have uh, Centrum, you have one-a-day vitamin, you have all of these multivitamins, I guess. Are you recommending those? Or are you recommending something else uh, that would help us to be uh, b- healthier and taking care of our bodies better? Well, I would recommend, number one, it's a difference between having a man vitamin and a woman's vitamin. Because some people just say, well, I'm going to take vitamins. You have the base vitamins on your knees. For example, if you're a woman, if you're not past the menopause stage, you need iron. And see, if you pass the menopause stage, that means you're not cycling, so you don't need iron. You need to know that. A man, you don't need the iron. So if you're um, dealing with supplements and taking a vitamin that has iron in it and wonder why you're constipated, because you're not cycling. You don't do what women do. So a lot of times that's what's happening if you're not educated about the vitamins. Now, as far as the GNC, I take the um, multivitamins, the VitaPack, the men's vitality program. What it has is arginine. Arginine opens up blood flow. It has um, old advantage, which keeps your body um, as far as irregularity. It has um, soft metal for prostate health. It had all your vitamins and minerals you need, all your B vitamins, which helps with your circulation, dealing with your neurotransmitters of your brain. It has lysopene, which is coming from um, the actual tomato, and that's good for your prostate. So when you take these individual vitamins, in the, um, the Bible says we're not designed to get sick. You know, sickness is not of God. So if you can prevent yourself, you got to understand it the way things are now. And if you can prevent yourself from getting sick, and then rather than getting sick, then that makes a huge difference by keeping a, a high immune system by taking the vitamins and nutrients you need. We're talking with Jerry Good. He comes on regularly to give us some good information about healthy living and lifestyle. Today we're talking about supplements and vitamins. Are they necessary? Uh, because, you know, sometimes... You know, people do a good job of marketing things and, and convincing us that we need something when we may not necessarily need it. But, Jerry, you are saying definitely that we need it. And and I guess the second question is, you're saying that it's not just one vitamin that we should take. So uh, a multivitamin is not going to be as effective as several as a vita pack, as, as you just mentioned. So what what's kind of the difference between the two? Can not the one vitamin kind of take care of everything? But you are suggesting that. You know, the VitaPak will, will be more to our advantage. What, what's the reasoning behind that? Well, the biggest thing is that you got to understand we have billions of cells in our body. And when you have billions of cells, that means you need different things for different sources. Um, even with the herb situation, certain things are designed based on history to help certain parts of your body. Milk thistle, that helps with your liver, keeping your liver clean. Cranberry is good for your urinary tract. Okay, you got um, stuff like the salt palmetto, lysopene is good for your prostate. These are things that are designated for each body part. B vitamins, like I said, help with the circulation. Also help with your um, actual dealing with your nervous system. You got vitamin A, vitamin K. You got calcium. Calcium is a good source because that helps with your bone strength. Vitamin D helps absorb calcium. So it's a mixture of different quality products that you need because it goes into your system as you build your immune system up. That's the most important thing. Every disease that goes on dealing with um, hepatitis C, all those dealing with the fact of having a weak immune system. And big thing now is vitamin D3. One of the things we don't get is a lot of sunlight. So if you don't get a lot of sunlight, which produces D in your body, you need vitamin D3. Vitamin D3 keeps your immune system high. Um, It's a fact that once wintertime comes, a lot of people feel, okay, it's just because it's winter, you get a lot of colds. But a lot of times it deals with the fact of you lowering D3. We're not getting the sunlight. So, therefore, your immune system weakens. So, now through research, D3, what that does elevate your immune system 
throughout the course of the time. So therefore, you can fight these diseases and stuff or these um, viruses that's coming into your body because you will have a high immune system based on that individual D3. Well, Jerry be dropping the knowledge, don't he? <laughs> so D3 is the reason why, uh, and it comes from the sun. If we if there, we were exposed to more sunlight, more D3 would be in our body, would increase our immune system, help us to fight off colds and flu during the, during the winter season. So because there's less sunlight, then we need a vitamin during the winter that has D3 in it to keep our immune system up is what you're saying. Wow. Well, I guess you learned something new. That's why we have you on the show uh, every every other week. Now, every time you come, Jerry, you bring some things with you uh, in a goodie bag. So share with us today. What did you bring uh, with you today? Okay, today I have um, I have a liquid protein drink. Um, has 45 grams of protein. It's anabolic. Anabolic means that it constantly makes your body grow. Cannabolic means when you're not growing. So that's the reason why we tell people to eat every three hours. Because when you're in a cannabolic stage, your muscle's not growing. So when you're in an anabolic state, it constantly keeps the muscle growing. Um, also, again, we have the the five-hour energy. What five-hour energy does is decaffeinate it. That has the B vitamins, so you don't have that crash you have. Also, too, we have um, the Body by JG water um, container, um, which is uh, something that you can carry around. It's 32 ounces, and you need at least 64 ounces. Therefore, you can have that with you and know that if I drink two of these a day, I have gotten my water in tank. Also, one of the biggest things I brought was a um, Body by JG fitness journal. And what that does is it states that it has the eating program, which you can find on the website, bodybyjg.com, lose up to 17 pounds in two weeks. And the important thing about this journal is that accountability. Now, throughout the day, if you write the time you eat, what you eat, and try to space it out every three hours, and once you go through that process for a couple of days, and you say, well, I'm not losing the weight you hold yourself accountable because you can flip back and say, well, if I wouldn't have ate this piece of, I wouldn't have ate these, um, this piece of cornbread. So now you understand where your faults are coming from and you can hold yourself accountable. Man, you didn't call out cornbread, did you, man? <laughs> oh, that verse. I might not write that down in the journal. <laughs> Just skip that. But but once again, uh, we do I have these goodie bags. And how many do you have today? Ten, ten bags. Once again, Jerry has 10 bags. Now, I do have a question I want to ask you about the protein because most people think that the only way to get protein is through eating meat, red meat in particular. First of all, what is the benefit of protein in our body for those who may not know and why do we need a lot of it in order to be healthy? Well, protein is the building blocks of muscle. Protein breaks down to amino acids for the recovery of your body. Now, for those who work out, one of the biggest things, people say, well, I can eat protein throughout the day through food sources. But understand, after you finish your workout, your body needs protein immediately. You need to do liquid-form protein, therefore it absorbs right then and there. If you do a food source protein, it takes too long to digest, and your body has to go and take a lot of energy away to try to digest that food, so you're going to lose the benefit of that protein absorption. Also, if any for anybody, if you're not working out, you at least want one gram of um, protein for whatever your body weight is. If you're working out and trying to maximize your growth, you times that by 1.5 of your body, uh, 1.5 times your body weight, space that out over six to seven meals. That's how much protein you need throughout the day. Now, like I said, amino acids is a building blocks of um, your body. So if you more protein you have, the more lean muscle mass you can build, and also too, it's dealing with health that be, uh, strengthens your immune system. It helps with recovery and everything. So one of the things you're saying then, Jerry, is that it's not just enough to work out, 
But as soon after you work out, whether you run, lift weights, you're going to maximize your workout if you get some protein in your body as soon after you work out as possible. So what you're saying then is that for many people who go and work out and exercise and they don't get the protein back in their body, what what happens at that point? Is it a wasted workout or, or what happens to their bodies? Is it not getting what they really need? Help, help us to understand that. Well, it goes back to the fact that if you're not getting the protein afterwards from the actual liquid form, you have an hour window. And so within that hour, then your body goes to cannabolic again. See, after you finish your workout, your body still burning calories two or three hours afterwards. That's why, if, you know, when you're eating big meals, Thanksgiving come along. If you exercise before you eat Thanksgiving dinner, you still burn calories while you eat. So it's important to take the protein afterwards. If you're not, you're going to take away from those gains and your body, you're going to, you're going to start getting that muscle soreness, muscle fatigue. And you're not going to be able to get those gains that you need because the goal is lean, lean body mass. And that's your focus. Um, also, with the journal, at the back of the journal, you have your body fat percentage. So if you focus on your body fat percentage and just do the lean muscle mass, then at, at the time, you got a person who's 230, has 35% body fat, and a person who's 230 at 11% body fat, they're two different people. It look like two different people. So if you focus on body fat percentage and lower your body fat percentage, because the biggest thing about this is to be healthy. Some good information, Jerry. I mean, that's that's some real good information. So once again, uh, we're going to open it up. Email address if you want the goodie bag. And please, if you've already won before, <laughs> y'all don't be greedy. Let, let, let somebody else have the opportunity to win. So if you have emailed us in the past, you have received a goodie bag, please skip this one. I appreciate that. T- TPS at KevinSwan.org. TPS, which stands for The Pastor's Study, TPS at K-E-V-I-N-S-W-A-N-N dot O-R-G. First 10 people to email that address. And in the email, please leave your name, email address, and phone number so Jerry can get back in contact with you. Name, email address, phone number. First 10 people to email that address, TPS at KevinSwan.org. You will receive the goodie bag compliments of jerry good and also on friday will you be in gnc from from 12 to 1 and 5 to 6 if you want to meet jerry in person gnc in norfolk military circle shopping center you can go visit him he can talk with you directly and give you more information on any health related topic so once again jerry thank you so much for being on the show today we appreciate it and uh, we're going to take a quick break here when we come back on the other side we're going to talk about uh, we're going to pick up with our show, the, the conversation we've been having about black families and the demise of the black family. What are some things that are causing it? Pastor John, Pastor John Young, Pastor Ray Johnson are in studio today, and uh, we're going to get at it on the other side here on the essence of HU. This is 88.1. Listen, Eden is kingdom, and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear you. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? Let me see you do your hands like this. Come on, let me hear you, let me hear you. Put your hands together like this. Come on. Here we go. And welcome back to the Pastor's Study here on WHOV 88.1. This is the essence of HU. 
We're back, and if you just missed us, then you just missed uh, Jerry Good once again giving some good information on how to make sure you're taking supplements, what things are you doing to make sure you're taking care of your bodies. One key topic that he mentioned was if you are working out, you have about an hour after you work out to replenish and get some protein back into your system if you want to make sure that you're getting the full use of your workout. So please, we do encourage you. Uh, we do have, are accepting the first 10 people who email us, TPS, which stands for the Pastor Study, TPS, at kevinswan.org. First 10 people that email us will, in fact, get the goodie bag. And when you email us, please email us your name, email address, and telephone number so Jerry can get back in contact with you. Have Pastor Ray Johnson, Pastor John Young in studio. Pastor Johnson, how you doing today? Feel pretty good today, sir. Good to be with you, fellas, as always. Looking forward to the new football season that's on its way up. You know I got to say something about the skins. You know I had to put something in there. I had to put some hot sauce in there. Every offseason, y'all do something good. <laughs> it's during the season y'all mess up. <laughs> y'all Super Bowl winners on the offseason, man. I tell you, always doing something good. Pastor John Young, how you doing today, man? Uh, I'm blessed, bro. I'm blessed. And, you know, I uh, I do agree that, you know, they did upgrade at the uh, quarterback spot. Did y'all downgrade or should I just leave that? <laughs> it's under the blood. <laughs> For those who don't know, he's talking about my Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, Ben Roethlisberger, our quarterback, suspended first six games of the season. I actually thought he was going to get the whole season. I'll be honest with you. Based on the evidence that came forth, even though he was not convicted, but if you saw that police report, man, that's all I can say is it's just man. We're we going to move on, all right? <laughs> but those listening, we want to invite you to uh, Ivy Baptist Church first annual family conference, May 20th through the 23rd. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Thursday night will be a service. Uh, Friday and Saturday will be workshops and sessions. Registration is free. Uh, and to get more information, you can visit ivybaptistchurch.org. We do want you to come out. We're going to have a blessed time in the Lord. Pastor Ray Johnson is going to be there uh, talking, uh, and First Lady Johnson will be talking about uh, blended family and, and talking about those things. And so certainly we want you to come out. Lots of speakers, uh, and we know that you'll be blessed in the Lord uh, for this particular conference. Again, May 20th through the 23rd. And again, you can visit uh, ivybaptistchurch.org for more information. Uh, we want to get into the show, and Pastor Young, you weren't here last week, man. We had a hot topic on last week. And for those who have been listening for the past couple of months, we've been talking about the demise of the black family. What are some things that are really causing the black family unit to have so much difficulty in this day and age? And we've given lots of reasons, uh, same-sex civil unions, uh, men on the down low. Um, we talked about uh, women entering the workforce. We've talked about a lot of different things. Last week, we talked about the high incarceration or probation rates, in particular for African-American men. The number of men, African-American men, who are either incarcerated now or who are out, but maybe uh, have a felony charge against them. And just the difficulty of a black man in this society trying to get good employment, trying to earn a decent living with a felony charge and how difficult that can be. Uh, and how uh, some people called in last week who have been convicted of felonies years ago, 10, 15 years ago, and the struggle that they still have today about how people still want to look at them for the mistake that they've made 10 or 15 years ago and how it's been challenging. And we've even had some wives to call in last week 
Thank you to the wives who called in and shared their experience about their supporting of their husband, how their their husbands have helped them to grow spiritually, but yet this struggle still exists uh, because their husbands do have felonies and just the difficulty of finding good employment and stability. So, Pastor Young, we want to get you to offer your perspective before we jump into today's topic uh, of the black family. What do you think about that? You know, the black, you know, the incarceration rates for black men. And and we had some callers last week also to talk about uh, black women who also have felony counts and the difficulty that they have also in maintaining a good family environment. Um, Let me let me just say that some of the most powerful men and women I know in ministry um, uh, have felons. Uh, have felonies on their records and 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 there's a couple of things that i've noticed as a common denominator because i've ha- i have the privilege of preaching in prisons uh in several parts of of virginia and 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 one of the things i i've, I've learned talking with them is is that you know people can use the felony um uh, uh to as an excuse um, to allow um, you know society to to step on them, or some people use that felony as a as a motivation to succeed. In spite of, I've talked to some of the most brilliant entrepreneurs that could not get employment because every time they check that block that says yes on the felony, then they don't get hired. But then when they are tempted and and succumb to lying about it, then they get hired and fired later when the background check comes back. And so they were forced into what they describe as success because they they got to a point to where they stopped complaining about uh, the the impact that the felony had on their life but started using it as motivation to create their own businesses. And I've seen some beautiful testimonies as a result of that, Pastor Swan. Pastor Young, and and you're absolutely right, but we also understand that that for as many who have started their own business, there are probably several others who... Uh, have had the door slammed in their face repeatedly and just find it difficult to get a break. I guess the question becomes, what? What? I, I can't understand what that's like for somebody uh, to have made a mistake years ago and even today people are still judging them based upon the mistakes that they've made previously. And I guess the question becomes, you know, how can we as pastors, community, church leaders to encourage or send a, a better message that even though someone has made a mistake in their past, that doesn't mean that they're in that same place today. And we have to be more open-minded in how, you know, and understand everybody's made mistakes. It just so happens that their mistake has been documented. Uh, it is, you know, it's been, a, it's been tried and convicted, you know, whatever the case might be. But how do we help people to move past their past to look at their present? You know, I... I know I don't always act like one, but I want to act like a pastor for a minute <laughs> and take them to church for a minute. Because, you know, Romans eight twenty eight talks about how all things work together for the good of them uh, who love the Lord and them who are called according. Uh, uh, well, here's here's the thing. The called when when God has a calling on your life, he's opportunistic. And and, and it's not because of our mistakes and those kinds of things, but sometimes in spite of our mistakes. Uh, now, this is the thing, you know, people are going to, you know, uh, judge you for something and, and the felony just happens to be this person's or that person's dilemma. But if we look in anybody's closet, we're going to find something for people to judge you on. But the Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes he doesn't request. He makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So so when you have the anointing of God on your life and when you embrace who you are, despite your past, I'm convinced that God is going to uh, uh, elevate you despite you and despite what other people think about you. Excellent points, uh, Pastor Young, definitely. And I think we have one more person. If you email us at TPS 
at kevinswan.org. One more person. We have nine people that have already won. We need one more to uh, to email that address to receive the goodie bag from Jerry Good, and he'll get in contact with you. Please make sure that you leave your name, email address, and phone number. Uh, one more slot is available, tps at kevinswan.org. We want to jump into the last uh, issue or the last one that we said we had a top ten list. We thought we were going to go through this list relatively quickly, but it's it's been a while because I guess each issue has merited its own discussion. Today's list, number 10, uh, and even though we have it here, but it's a different one. Was I was riding uh, in the car listening to the radio, and there was a, an, an athlete uh, in for the New York Yankees, Mark Teixeira. Uh, he's a white individual, but he you know, uh, is working with an organization in Harlem to help uh, kids stay in school, high school, because uh, the statistics there, and it's not just Harlem, but it's in a lot of inner cities, and maybe even to some degree here as well. Uh, the statistic that they gave was that 50% of African-Americans uh, youth that are living in Harlem are not finishing high school, that they're dropping out of school for whatever reason. And, you know, it's not just in Harlem. We see that partly here in our own uh, community. We see it across the nation. Tony Dungy, who was the former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, he did a similar initiative in Indianapolis, Indiana, where he also said 40 to 50 percent of high school boys, black boys, were dropping out of high school. Undoubtedly, that's going to have a tremendous impact on how to raise a family. If you have no education in our country, it's very, very difficult uh, to earn a living, you can do it, but it's it's much more difficult to do so. So we want to discuss that issue today. What is going on in our in our society, our race, where education is not being valued as much as it used to be? Uh, why is it that uh, our young people, more so than ever before, are are feeling the need to drop out of high school for whatever reason? Is it that you know the parents? Are we not instilling in them the value of education? Do they not see the long-term benefit of education? Now, we're not even talking about college. We understand uh, that um, not everybody will go to college. But we should still be trying to instill some level of education in our young people. And for some reason, that's not happening. So we want to get your thoughts. You can uh, email us on Facebook at The Pastor Study. You can email us on Twitter at The Pastor Study. You can call in. Seven two seven five seven one one. We want to start with Pastor Johnson. What what is going on in our community? Why aren't our youth taking education more seriously? Why isn't the African American community taking education more seriously? Well, Pastor Swan, it is indeed a travesty that African Americans, uh, when you consider our experience here within the United States, when we were barred from quality education uh, for such a long period of time, that we would so now give ourselves to uh, what public media tends to portray as a, a get-rich-quick or a, a, a scheme, if you will, where hard work doesn't seem to pay off. Uh, and in particular, to be very frank and very honest, most uh, African-American boys um, coming through high school all believe that they're going to be Michael Vicks, Allen Iversons, and Ronald Currys, and whoever else have you, and particularly from my area. And everybody wants to be an entertainer of some sense, uh, in some sense, or an athlete when you and I understand and know that one in a thousand uh, tend to make it uh, to the NFL and really don't even look at education as a means uh, or look at athletic as a, athletics as a means to be able to uh, obtain an education. 
and uh, you and I know that very well, having played college basketball. Um, but the 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 notion that uh, education is not needed to you kind of, here's my big word for the day: matriculate your way through uh, society to be able to to have an access to open doors when. We know the other side of that to be true, that education does open doors and it puts you at least in the conversation uh, toward upward mobility economically. And so not that everyone has to go to college, but everyone must learn a trade or some skill or some discipline or be, be involved in some kind of way of growing themselves intellectually and expanding their minds so that they can take care of themselves and their families. And it is an absolute travesty today to watch young people drop out of the 10th, 9th, and 11th grade in pursuit of money. And so really at the core of that, in my estimation, it's a values choice assessment. And what what kind of money do you think they're going to make if you're dropping out at 9th and 10th grade to pursue some sort of, I don't know, I, you know, because again, what, what do you realistically think you can attain with not having any sort of Diploma, GED, any sort of certification, what do you realistically think you're going to be able to accomplish? And so, again, if you don't have a job, you know, like my mama, you say, I don't mind is a devil's playground. You, now you've got all kinds of other things that become in view of how you can make money, which in some cases are not legal. So, Pastor Young, help us real quick. We're going to open up the phone lines. What, what's going on? What, why are our young people not valuing education as much and it's us. It's African-Americans. Why is it we're not valuing education? Why are we always so concerned with uh, playing professional sport or being an entertainer as opposed to working hard, going to school, earning a degree or diploma and making a decent living? You know, first off, let me just say that um, matriculate wasn't uh, Pastor Johnson's first big word. He used travesty a couple times <laughs> and and you got you got to have a college degree just to sit to his left so so they they don't realize that but you know i think i think travesty means real bad and i think matriculate means go through uh but y'all get the dictionaries and check it out for me because i'm not quite sure but listen here's the thing i've learned is that a lot of times you know we tend to gravitate toward the things that we're good at and the truth is is that let's face it some of us are, are just uh, gifted to where, you know what, we didn't have to study and we just picked it up and, and school was easy for us. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that is the exception and not the norm. By and large, most people have to work really hard and struggle and now they ain't going to graduate magna cum laude or summa cum laude. They just, oh, thank you, Gotti, you know, that, 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 that I made it through. And so the truth is, is that if, if your experience with the academic environment is not pleasant, then we tend to back away. And I think that's where we, uh, as, as not just uh, spiritual leaders, but as fathers and as mothers and, and, and as, as role models, we need to be able to provide that motivation necessary to make them understand that hard work does pay off. Yeah, that hard work element is just not there anymore. Um, and, and maybe that's something that's contributing to this. We want to hear from you. 727-5711. We're going to open up the phone lines. I believe we have Joel from Hampton. Joel, are you there? Hello, Joel, are you there? Okay. Maybe we did have him before. Maybe he hung up. But again, uh, we encourage you to call in 727-5711. You know, uh, Pastor Johnson, Pastor Young, you know, when we were growing up, um, there were all types of role models, you know, not just the ones that you saw on television, but, you know, you had people in your community. Uh, I don't know if you all saw the movie uh, Precious, 
Um, and, and I don't want to be stereotypical when I say these comments. But for, for those who saw the movie Precious, Monique, who was the mother, um, she was adamant uh, to her daughter that she didn't want her daughter to do anything that would prevent her from receiving welfare. And so she was more concerned about let's present this image or facade uh, so that when the social workers come in, we we can present this image. Uh, she even told the social, yes, I am attempting to find employment when she really wasn't. And, and her mindset was simply, uh, I just want to stay home and, and watch TV uh, and to collect the, the welfare check. Now, I'm not saying that that's stereotypical of all African-Americans. Certainly not. But is that is that a mindset? Is that some things that are going on in our communities, particularly in our impoverished communities? Because clearly that sends a message that education is not important. Uh, more so what's most important is just beating the system and, and getting the check. So do you think that that is a real issue in our society, Pastor Johnson? Um, I would say that it, uh, portions of our society uh, have done that historically, Pastor Swan. Originally, when you understand what welfare was about, it was about a hand up and not a hand out. Um, but the dependency um, upon the state for checks that have been received with among, among African-American women to kind of help sustain their families without men necessarily being at home was only meant to be temporary. Only in the late 1970s and early 1980s did it become a situation where there was permanence added to it. And now you had generations growing up on that level of dependence. And as in the movie Precious that you mentioned, one of the things that she kept saying to her daughter was, you need to take, you need to take yourself on down to the social service office and you need to and sign up for the welfare. Well, if a 15-year-old continues to hear that, and continues to hear also on the other side that you're never going to be anything. You won't be, you won't ever be smart. You're not smart enough for college. You need to go on down there to the welfare and do what I did and so on and so on and so forth. That constant reinforcement of negative energy uh, to a child kind of puts their mind in a position that says, well, I might as well go on head down and just live for that check rather than the discipline and the work ethic to work your way through school by working hard. Um, and as Pastor Young said, you know, it, Everything doesn't come easy to everybody. So, you know, algebra didn't come come easy for me. Calculus didn't come easy for me, but I had to work at it. I had to spend extra time, extra hours working at it, working at it, working at it. And so we've got to develop that work ethic in our young people again. You know, parents, tell your young people, get up off the couch. You know, my wife and I, we said, listen, y'all coming down to CRCP this summer, and somebody going to be answering the phones, somebody going to be filing some paperwork, and somebody going to be helping the custodial team clean up the building. That's what my teenage young people are going to be doing this summer because we've got to instill in them the work ethic that, that not everything comes easy and that you're going to have to be responsible because one day you're going to leave my house. <laughs> You've got to go. And there's a date on the calendar with an X on it. <laughs> you got to go. Let's see. We do have another call. Let's see if we can get, uh, let's see. Is it Daniel from Norfolk? Daniel, are you there? Yeah. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Hey, I was hassled a lot when I was in school for being a black person who was articulate, you know, who, who um, they said spoke like a white person. And uh, I was surprised or disappointed when I saw Malcolm X speech back in the 60s, and he was saying, he was trying to differentiate between a house nigger and a, uh, or a house negro and a field negro. Negro, said, yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he said that, uh, <laughs> he said that the, the house negro, you know, is just like the master. He speaks like the master and everything. He has good diction and 
and I understand, I guess his point was trying to uh, uplift people who didn't necessarily have good diction or something, but I, I think he kind of uh, helped. He didn't, he was, it wasn't helpful, and a lot of that black power stuff has to do with, uh, like, your identity as a black person. You're, and a lot of, and, and if you're, the more ignorant you are, the more black you are, and the more uh, inarticulate you are, the more black you are. So, and a, a lot of that stuff uh, accidentally came into black culture in the 60s, I think. Okay. Daniel, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. And, right. and again, what do you think about that point, that maybe for some who do try to aspire to, to grow educationally, is that an issue where you have others, other blacks, who try to make fun or make light of the ones who are really trying to better themselves academically? Yeah, because, you know, the truth of the matter is I've discovered that most of the people that we used to call nerds in high school, half of us are working for them, you know. And so at, at some point you, you get to the point where, you know, smart becomes cool when you just grow up, you know, because like like the caller was saying, and I agree that that sometimes, you know, uh, I think Bryant Gumble got downed for saying that, you know, oh, yes. I spent all this money on my education and I'm not going to, uh, you know, uh, I guess get it diluted with this Ebonics thing. You remember that, Pastor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in other words, what we're simply saying is the more educated you are, the more articulate you are, you're talking and you're sounding white. And uh, how we came to that point is just a travesty in and of itself. <laughs> uh, we need to get back to valuing education again like our parents did. I don't care how I sound. If I can afford a decent living for my family. And, and I think that the challenge is, is that on the one hand, you have some who really want to do well, but maybe for peer pressure are afraid to. But I guess the larger question is, why is it more so that the, there's a group who doesn't want to see other people do well academically? There has to be something. There's something wrong with that picture there. But, you know, again, we have another caller. Let's see. Melissa from Norfolk. Are you there? Yes, I am. Go ahead and state your comment, please. I'm sorry? Go ahead and state your comment, please. Okay, my comment is I believe that um, I'm a mother of five, and um, I think that as parents we need to instill more value. We need to um, spend more time with our children. I understand that we have to work, but we have to make that time and take that time away, away from the media and all the socialism that we have and. Um, making our kids feel like they have to wear certain clothes and that they have to fit in certain groups. But I think we should instill on them how important it is to have an education and instill in them how important it is to be an individual and make sure that you're good at what you're going to do. Okay, thank you for the call. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we do have to instill these values. And we did have an email. and want to get your comment, Pastor Johnson, on this. Uh, the email says that, you know, maybe what's happening is that our young people are not understanding the value of a trade or maybe the trade is not as honorable as it used to be and that many of our young men maybe don't know all the options that are available to them and maybe they only see life as being a doctor, raptor, an athlete, or maybe even a thug. And so how do we begin to reshape value to help people to understand that there's more to life than just these narrow views of what people may see on TV or maybe even in their own community. I think, Pastor Swan, what, one of the things that we do is we have to highlight um, all of the various professions that are available so that you can take care of your family. For example, this past Sunday, I was just led by the Spirit to pray for all of the men who were contractors in my church. And so I just prayed for them that the Lord would open doors for property to them. Well, now, some of these guys 
are well on their way to making close to six figures, but they're contractors. Um, and those, they're construction personnel, construction workers, electricians, uh, plumbers, uh, brick masons, um, sheetrock guys, guys who do landscaping work. And so um, an honorable dollar is just that, an honorable dollar. And so however you make that dollar, as long as you do it in an honorable way, but the key is, is that they have learned a skill and they trade. And so some of these men, electricians, 18 19 $20 an hour, that's good money. Uh, I don't care how you slice it. Um, so being able to highlight all of the different professions and steering our young men uh, towards certain areas so that they can see there is something else besides playing basketball, football, or whatever it is. And then also we have to tell the truth. Guys like uh, like you and our Pastor Swan, we have to tell the truth and say, listen, you know, we were pretty good in our day, pretty good with what we were able to do. But listen, once we got to the college level and wanted to take the step to go beyond, that pool shortened. And as a result of it shortening, we had to look at other options. And that's okay. Use education, use your athletic ability as a tool to get your education because nobody can ever take that away from you no matter where you go. You're always going to have that as a door opener for you and as a conversation piece to, to kind of make your way through society. Absolutely. If you're just tuning in with us, uh, we've been having this conversation for the past couple of months about different things that are affecting the black family and the demise of the black family. And today we're talking about education. Why is education devalued in the African-American community? There are several cities across the country, uh, inner cities, where the number of African-American men in particular, youth in high school, dropouts, 50 percent is the ratio for some cities. Harlem, uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana, there were some places where 50% of the African-American boys that were in high school were dropping out. What kind of impact does that have on the black family as they grow up without education, without necessarily any credential, without a trade, without a license? Certainly that's going to impact the black community in a negative way. We do have another caller, and we do encourage you to call in 727-5711. We do have Kenny from Hampton. Kenny, are you there? Yes, sir. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Yes, sir. Uh, I like the subject that y'all are talking about because I think it, it definitely raises awareness amongst, the, you know, the black community. But what I think uh, is a lack on us on our part is that, you know, the young youth, they don't take education seriously because they don't see themselves involved in education. You know, you got to look at the history of education and how really it's, if you analyze and study that it's been the same since the 50s and 40s and you know it doesn't benefit us any if we don't see our own selves in history if we don't see ourselves in in mathematics we don't see ourselves as the great inventors you know and we really need to push that agenda to make it uh, uh, a section within our education that's geared toward black children you know because if I don't see myself in anything I know when I was coming, I didn't see myself in anything. Well, except February came in, which was Black History Month. And you talked about Martin Luther King, and that was it. You know, but they don't tell you about all the great, the great inventors that invented the, the stoplight, the gas mask. You know, all these great inventors that are not taught to our children. So we feel a sense of of low self worth, and we look more towards Europeans as being the ones, and we don't see ourselves as being rulers or or anything of, of, of consequence toward the future. 
Okay. So we look, we, we, you know, those rap videos are, are more pushed towards us. So we want to be the 50 Cent. We want to be the Gucci Man and all of them. But, you know, that's what's more pushed towards us. It's not, it's, it's, it's really by design. It's not that we, that's what we want, but it's that's, that's what's put in front of us, you know? Okay. So, I, and, I, and to make a quick comment on that other comment, uh, caller who talked about Malcolm X. But if you look at Malcolm X, he was, well, he was a ticket. But what he was really saying in the sense that, you know, any person who's lost his sense of self or, dig- or dignity, you know what I'm saying, not going towards black culture, yeah, he would be considered a house Negro. Yes, and we still have a lot of those today. So thank you for my comment. Thank you for the time. We appreciate your call. Uh, Pastor Young, what do you think, man, about the fact that, you know, for the most part in school, when you heard about history, pretty much it was about, for us, it was about slavery. Uh, we didn't see ourselves in positive light. Is that an issue? where maybe African-American kids don't see themselves, don't see the value of education because they can't identify with certain curriculum that might be taught in the schools. Uh, absolutely. You know, because I, I think one of the things that's interesting that the, the, the previous caller just mentioned is he talked about self-worth. And I think that a lot of times we, we devalue ourselves and, and, and the symptom of us devaluing ourselves is that we say, oh, well, I'm a thug or I'm a rapper or I'm a gangster, but we confuse what we do with who we are. No, you ain't no thug. You ain't no rapper. You ain't no gangster. You out of Maze Boy and your name is Pookie Johnson. You need to get and find out who you are, accept who you are and like that and then who you are is better than what you do you know us in here you know i you know i happen to preach but i'm more than just a preacher i'm john young and i'm proud of who i am because that was instilled in me at a young age and i think that's evident to where you can strip me of 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 my title my job or this or that but it'll never impact the essence of who i am and so when we can get people to embrace and and accept their own self-worth then all of a sudden we won't begin to uh want to be shameful or prideful about what we do and 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 sure you could be a plumber or, or a trash collector or whatever and it doesn't devalue who you are anymore and you don't have to be embarrassed of that you're absolutely right and uh, i guess the question too then the caller said you know because we don't hear these things in school where then where then should it be should the church take a bo- a more active role in talking about the history that Africans really were the, the cornerstones of mathematics and, and science and all of these things. And if you can learn these rap songs, certainly you can learn certain uh, mathematical equations. If they're not going to hear it at school, maybe they don't hear it at home, Pastor Johnson, should the church then take more of an aggressive role in sharing the past and, and helping our young people to see the contributions that African Americans have made in academics, in science, in math, and in other places. You know, Pastor Swan, I'd agree with you and say absolutely yes, the church should take an active role. Uh, But I do not want the church to overstep its bounds in regards to the fact that parents must become responsible for raising and training their children. And uh, I I say that from the standpoint of what Deuteronomy uh, 10 and 8 talks about in regards to when Moses communicated to the children of Israel um, the Torah as they were heading into, you know, basically the Ten Commandments and how God wanted them to live into their promised land. He specifically says to them, uh, to Moses, to tell them and to teach your children and your grandchildren so that you will not forget the ways of the Lord. Parents have to become responsible. I have to sit down at the table and I have to talk to my four daughters and tell them the rich history that is within African-American culture and community that exists and precedes America And that precedes what we know as slavery, as a history of the world, as you mentioned before, creators of math and science and art and also the spiritual history that follows us, that precedes the Mosaic text as well. 
So we have to communicate to our children around dinner times on Sunday afternoons or Monday meals. Whenever we get together, we have got to be the ones who talk to our children about how important they are. You know, my wife said something, you know, interesting. I'm the soft one in my house because I got four girls and everybody knows only lady is the, is the tough one. But she looked at one of my one of my young people and she said to her and she said, listen, you can memorize every video song. You can memorize every the schedule that your favorite TV shows come on. You can memorize everything that's going on with the actors before they say it on your favorite show. But you mean to tell me you can't remember your math facts? And she said, not in my house. Get to the table. And so that's something that's ha- that has to happen where parents become responsible again. Which means parents have to raise the standard for their children. And, and maybe that's a whole nother show that we could do down the line. We do have another caller. We're almost out of time, so quickly state your comment, please. Absolutely. I, uh, As someone who has spent her entire adult life in education, I, uh, I can't overstress or underscore the importance of parent involvement. Uh, it's obviously May right now, and uh, sadly, this is a time of, of year where we see a lot of parents that we have never seen all year. Parents that now realize, oh my God, my kid might be retained. Bottom line, parents, I am not saying this critically. I'm saying it lovingly. Be involved all year. If you think something is wrong, come in there and talk to that teacher in September. Don't wait for a report card to see how real things are. If you have a question or concern, be an advocate. I, I, I beg. Okay. Thank you for the call. We appreciate the time. And uh, we are almost out of time. We want to try to get a couple of more callers in. The topic for today certainly is why are our children not valuing education? Why are we dropping out at such an alarming rate? And quite frankly, what are we dropping out to do? Where are we going? I mean, if, if you're going to drop out, I would think Pastor Young, you would at least have some sort of viable option that says, I'm dropping out in pursuit of this. But I can't think of one option that a ninth grader or a tenth grader, when they drop out of high school, would be better for them if they dropped out than it would be to stay in school. Can you think of one, Pastor Young? I, I can't think of one. No, and there isn't one. I think one of the things that, that we we can get accused of is, is killing their dreams or not believing in them, this, that, or the other. But the truth is, is that we got to teach them to be multitaskers because, you know, you, you can have a dream and you should have a dream, but at some point you got to wake up and pull it off because any dream is going to be birthed by a lot of hard work, a lot of commitment, a lot of dedication, and a whole lot of God's backing. You're absolutely right. And, and what people don't understand is that the high school diploma, the college degree, doesn't necessarily measure a high degree of intelligence. What it measures is that you had a goal in mind and you stuck through it to make sure you reached something to the end. And maybe that's the goal. That's what we need to be teaching our kids is that, you know, when people look at a degree in your background, that proves that you have been disciplined, that you've done what it needed to be done to pursue a higher goal. And that's what employers maybe are looking for when they're looking at certain individuals. Uh, Alan in Norfolk. Alan, could you turn your radio down just a little bit, please? It's this down. Okay, go ahead and quickly state your comment. We're okay. almost out of time. Well, I've been checking out this thing called emotional intelligence, and I look at the people that are my age, the late 30s and mid-40s, and we've become 
we're not emotionally intelligent. And so the things that we've went through in life, we're no longer able to even transfer over to our children. And a lot of the kids nowadays, if, if you check their, their emotional state, if, if they're not in a good emotional state, they're not even going to learn, you know, the, the in, intellectual things of life. Because emotionally, we're all, I mean, it seems like so many people are messed up. And it's like we're emotionally bankrupt. And I call that like emotional IQ. And if you look at the kids, you talk to them, they're hurting. A lot of them are hurting. And they don't know why. And it's like, and I blame a lot of my generation. And if we get back to those things of finding out what these kids are going through, why they're struggling so hard. My sister had that problem with a lot of the kids that she was teaching. There were things going on at home, and the emotional side wouldn't allow them to do things in the classroom. So a lot of them are emotionally bankrupt. Okay, we appreciate the call. Thank you for the time. And I think what he's attempting to say is that because of so much drama in the house, (laughs) sometimes the drama in the house is difficult for young people to manage, and so that affects learning. Uh, And so if you're going home to an environment that's very dysfunctional, very uh, a high level of abuse or neglect, it it makes it difficult to certainly learn in, in any capacity. So, Pastor Johnson, would you agree to that? I would agree with that, but I would encourage persons to watch the movie Precious, as you mentioned it before, because at some point you can't allow someone else's issues to become yours. And you've got to push past the negativity and decide you're going to work your way through to get to where you want to be. Absolutely. We're out of time. And uh, we do thank you once again for listening to another edition of the Pastor Study. I solicit your prayers as we're talking about education on this upcoming Friday. We'll be traveling down to Florida to defend Uh, my doctoral dissertation. So I do understand the value of education and what it can mean. So I do solicit your prayers Friday at 9 a.m. I'll be down in Florida defending uh, my work. And so uh, hopefully on next Tuesday when we come back on the show, we'll let you know about the progress and what happened over the weekend. Uh, On behalf of Pastor Raymond Johnson, Pastor John Young, uh, Brother Lexi Johnson, whom we don't often give a shout out to, but he's the one that works behind the scenes to make sure that the show is functioning properly. We thank him today. Also, we thank Jerry Good, certified fitness trainer. All 10 of the giveaways have been done. We have no more slots. So thank you for all of those who won. If you did win, if you did win, Jerry will contact you directly and tell you about next steps and how to pick up your prize. Once again, thank you for listening to another edition of the Pastor Study. This is the essence of HU 88.1. Be blessed and be a blessing to someone else. Take care.